Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. We're a community-driven church based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and invite you to join us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. For more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co. Tony's not here tonight. He's taking... Um, he... Uh, is his wife here? There she is on the back row. She said, no, I'm not here. I don't even have my glasses on, so I can't see anyway, Terry. Uh, he hadn't been, you know, he's, you know, went to the men's retreat, and, and uh, he had, like, you know, a couple other things that's going on, and, you know, he had to work, and uh, kind of wanted him to uh, share, too, with the church what, what he brought on Saturday morning. Your husband absolutely crushed it. Saturday morning as we uh, as we left, and it's an it's an incredible word, and we're going to touch on it. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it a, a, a minute, um, but what I thought I would do, I'm going to enlist some of you guys to give a testimony as I go, but I really uh, want to you know kind of peel off of what um, Brandon did on Sunday uh, as well as uh, Friday morning. Uh, as he, as he was talking about, you know Jacob, and um, and the, we've got a, a bunch of fathers of the faith, and so I kind of wanted to talk about Gideon a little bit and how that kind of applied to the same kind of thing that um, is going on with Jacob and how God uh, did something in Jacob's life, life that was incredible that took twenty years to really bring to fruition. How many of you feel like you've been in process for a long time? <laughs> I mean, I think all of us feel like, wow, you know, been in process a long time. And, uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm learning, I'm getting it. You know, that's one of the things I just want to talk to you about, about what God's doing in our, in our midst. The most blessed guy at, at the men's retreat, I think, might have been Dr. Ron Hamilton. Hamilton. I, think, I think he probably took away as much as any of us took away uh, just uh, what the Lord wanted to do in him and what he saw the Lord doing in us and, and, and how, how powerful that was and how much he wanted to be a part of something like that. I think that was huge. I think that's big. But, you know, as I, as I walk away and I think about what the Lord did in our church, which was, you know, 70 men, um, you know, we're bringing it back to our families and we're bringing it back to the church, but we're going to expedite the process by continuing to stay in the vein that the Lord has us in so that you ladies can just go, y'all can just grab a hold of it. One of the biggest things that I saw was in years past when we went on a retreat, it was always kind of like, well, we're going to have this mountaintop experience and it's going to be great and I'm going to really enjoy myself, but it wears off by next year. And this, I really believe, from last year to this year was the first time that we really didn't have drop-off. You know, you had men that were where they were last year, beginning place. And, and then they went, Shh. and I think that's what one of the things the Lord's doing in church. So to say that, uh, Drew's, Drew uh, isn't here tonight uh, so I can talk about him. It's going to be on video, and 
he always watches it. And so, Drew, this is for you. I could go home to heaven and meet Jesus right now just from watching you. It was an amazing thing for me. As a man watching somebody who, who it has a nature of being an introvert, and probably not, not expressing himself outwardly in worship like some of us are inclined to do, like, you know, like Pamela and Andrea. And it just goes zoom, and Tiffany, whoosh, Bethany, da -da 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 -da, the air traffic controller of Eastside Church. Come on in! <laughs> Praise the Lord. And, you know, we're making fun of that. I love it, man. I, lo I so love it. Drew Burdick was dancing and spinning and jumping in freedom in worship along with the rest of the men. And it wasn't worked up by the worship leader. The men brought the worship leader to that place. The, the body. The body brought that freedom in worship. And we don't need to lose that, fellas. Stephen, just watching you just a moment ago. You're not going to lose it. I, I can see you're not going to lose it. You, Stephen. Amen. We're gonna just we're going. We're gonna go forward. God's doing that, and He's doing that from this place, from the word that Brandon Sharp gave on Sunday, which I believe. You know, this is something that we really need to get over our bad selves about. We need to throw out the idea of the communicator has to be perfect, and listen to what the communicator is saying about the word of God. Tony Durkin believes that when you open the scripture, that the man who's opening that scripture is opening a word from the Lord. He buys into that. I, I know that to be true. I know that to be true for a lot of us. But we're not listening for delivery. What we're listening for is truth. And we're looking for a prophetic edge on that. And I just want to say thank you, Brandon Sharp, for bringing the word of God on Sunday morning like I've never, I've never experienced one. Incredible. Incredible delivery of a message from Jesus and the truth about foundational, uh, just practical things that we have to get a hold of so that we can become what God created us to become. Just, just tangible. And, and, and that's what we saw. We saw God at the retreat. We saw him begin on uh, Thursday night with, with incredible worship and a great word from Ron and then Brandon brought that message on th uh, Friday morning, and then, and then on uh, a Friday night we had another great word from Ron, and then on Saturday morning we had a, 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 a just a man, just a pulling together from Tony Durkin that I was shocked at the anointing and the prophetic edge that it had because I don't know that Tony's a teacher, you know he's a teacher. And you don't necessarily have a prophetic edge on a teacher. He teaches. He's systematic. And he, he walks you through everything. But this was like, whew. it had the anointing of God on it like unbelievable. And I was like, holy cow, and it just tied it all together. 
Well, what was it? It was the idea that, and Ron said it, it was the idea that we've got to, to, to really, it's basic. We've got to understand who we are in Christ. We've got to understand who we are as people. And then we've got to understand who our God is. Right? This was said, and help me, guys, with other things that were said, because I can't remember all of them. But we, what, we, what, we, what we do is, did y'all just experience peace? You know, when I was praying for, was peace in the room? Peace was in the room, right? What brought that peace? The presence. The Holy Spirit, right? It brought the priest. It came with God. And this is what we do, see? What we do is we pursue peace. We go after peace. And that's wrong. One of the things the Lord just went zoom to me is that's the wrong, that's the wrong direction. The right direction is coming from a place of peace out instead of from a place of fear to peace. He says that about his word. Oftentimes, we go toward his word, and we shouldn't go toward his word. We should go from his word. He has already established it. That's why I love what we're reading here as if it had already happened. Why? Because it's already happened, right? Jesus did it. It's done. This is who you are. This is who he is. Are you going to make God better at being a peace, at being the God of peace, or is he all the God of peace that we're ever going to need? And so, and so what we need to do is because we're who he is and because he is ours, and we are one with him, we abide in him, then we need to be coming from a place of peace. Blessed are the peace. So, man, I'm challenged, Brandon. I'm not letting go until everything that you promised in your word, I see it. In every aspect of my life. If you got your Bibles open, Judges chapter 6. Anybody with me on that? Man, I'm telling you, it's just like big. Gideon. I'm not going to read much of it, I'm just going to read a little bit. Now, the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terabith tree, which was in Ophrah. I taught on this not long ago, but it, I, I'm going to go through some of these famous people of faith as, over the next few weeks. Center of the terrible tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Abyssalite, while the, uh, his son Gideon threshed wheat. Now, now watch this. His son Gideon threshed wheat in the wine press. Why would you be threshing wheat in a wine press? Number one question. Number two, in order to hide it from the Midianites. So he's in a cave. He's 
He's hiding the wheat because he doesn't want the Midianites. Does that sound like fear? He's, he's living in fear. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And so what we see here is the same thing that we saw with Jacob. Jacob's name was changed from deceiver to the one who fought with God and man and prevailed and was victorious. His name was changed. The same thing you see happening here. Gideon is in a cave hiding in fear when God calls him a mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where were, where were, and where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours. Underline that. Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, he, so Gideon responded, Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. I'm the smallest. I'm the, I'm the, I'm, I, I'm the least of the least. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you. And you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. And so he changes his name. Later on, he really does change his name. He becomes, he becomes his name uh, becomes <laughs> Jerubal, which means making Baal cry out to God for mercy. The one who makes Baal cry out to God for mercy. God changed his name. Mighty amount of valor. So Gideon, you know, y'all know, know the story of this? So Gideon says, yeah, man. Lord, okay, I, I buy into that. And the Lord says, well, hold up. Release whoever wants to go. Tell them that they, if, they, if they're fearful at all, tell them they can go, they can leave. 23,000 left. 10,000 stayed. And then the Lord said to Gideon, that's too many. Because if, if you fight with 10,000 and you defeat the Minions, you're still going to take credit for it. You're still going to think that you could have done it out of your own skill and your own ability. Said, I'm going to cut you back. And he cuts him back to 300 men. And they had a trumpet in one hand and a, and a, and a, and a jar in the other. And they broke the jar and played the trumpet. And God won the victory with them breaking jars and playing the trumpet because it sounded like they had all these trumpeteers, and it sounded like when they broke the jars that all these swords were. <laughs> And so they, they thought that they were tremendously outnumbered, and they ran. That's a trip, isn't it? Do you know that God's going to take 
back the holy ground the same way? Do you know that in the seven-day war that what, what won that war was friendly fire? Oftentimes, there's a lot of friendly fire going on in that thing. That happened many times in Scripture. You see a lot of friendly fire where, where armies that are on the same team fight each other and kill each other off. And, the, and then God's people are standing there like this and didn't do nothing. It's prophesied for the same thing that happened when Jesus comes back. That Armageddon will be friendly fire, actually, do the deal. That's interesting. I don't know how that's going to work. So what does what I want to tie together? For me, I want to tie this together. As a church, as families, see, I love the posture. As families, that we say, I really, I really am God. I mean this, Lord. I'm not playing around with this, Lord. I really mean this. I'm not letting go of you, God. I'm not letting go of having faith in you, God, until I see it. And I don't care how long it takes for me to see it. Gideon just said, well, where, where's all the miracles? Where's your hand at in all my situations? I'm here in a cave using a wine press to thresh wheat so they can't see me. I'm scared to death. I'm living in fear. There's another place where the, the Lord challenges that fear. But he was dealing with fear. And he wasn't, that's not who he was. He was a mighty man of valor. Who are you going to be? Who, who am I going to be? I mean, we can talk and we can worship and we can say all the stuff we want to say. We can act really spiritual and we can come to church. But are you really, as an individual, going to grab the altar of God, the Ark of the Covenant, the Word of God, the presence of Jesus, and you're going to say to him, I'm not going to let you go until everything in your word comes true in my life than the life of my family. I don't care if I see it. Are you going to have that kind of faith? Faith, faith is hanging on to the altar of God when things aren't going right. Where you believe that something is the way God intended it to be when what you see is not playing out. That's the biggest thing, man. That's my testimony. I mean, I'm just trying to be laid back and say, look, this is it. I really want to ask you, you're going to fight for the things of God? You'll fight for your marriage. You'll fight for your woman, women. You're gonna fight for your man. You're gonna, you're going to help make your man everything he could be. You're gonna, you know, some of you women need to need to believe God for salvation and your kids and, and your husband. Some of you men 
your wives don't know the Lord. I mean, there are people in our church right now that I know that are, they got husbands and wives that don't know the Lord. Are we going to believe? And are we going to stand until they do? Lee's, Lee's in the back. I love Lee's bringing this little daggum. What was that? A vape. I went and played golf with Lee, and he had that vape. You remember that? That was in September. It made me so stinking mad because he was vaping right in front of me, and I wanted to just take that thing and jerk his daggum windpipe out of his throat. <laughs> Bring a little pastoral care. Mercy, tri it did, mercy triumphed over judgment. It did, because I didn't jerk his windpipe out. I just want you to know. <laughs> you know, and, and the truth of the matter is, it, it, you know, when, 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 when we're, and, and it needs to be like this, and, and I think it's going to be for the men. It's not this judgment, it's, it, it's not this accountability necessary. Oh, you're you're screwing up again. It's this you're too good for that. That's what God, that's not what God intended for you. This is not this is not God's best for you. And that's and that was really the that's really the whole the whole mindset. Man, I started praying for that boy, and for him to bring that up and hold that up in front of the congregation on Sunday, it was a high place that he that he he brought down. That's what. Gideon did. He brought down the high places. Read the story. God's going to do that all over. So, I'm asking you. Are you going to forget? It's, it's Wednesday. I'm asking the men, and I'm talking to the women. Are you going to forget what God did? Are you going to not remember the messages? Are you not going to remember what, how, how, what, what freedom looks like? And that's going to be this one-time thing I did in the mountains. I danced before the Lord, and that's going to be it. Or are we going to live a life that says I'm dancing on all my disappointments because I have this incredible faith in God to be able to do something that his grace is sufficient to bring his promises into my circumstances, and I'm not let go on the altar, and I'm not changing position. I'm going to dance, and I'm going to dance, and I'm going to dance because I know that the Lord is the one who has the power to do it. It's not my might. It's not by power. It's by God's spirit, I'm going to stand there and I'm not letting go until you do it, God. And my place of doing that is going to be in freedom, in joy, and in worship. Just, I'm just going to go berserk until you do it. Because it's who you are. When I don't see it, it doesn't change the fact that you're still peace. That's right. That's right. When, I don't, when I don't see salvation, you're still the God who saves. You still are salvation. You're Yahshua. You're the God who saves. So, men, what is it that the Lord did in you? What is it that you saw that you brought back 
that you would share with the body of believers that you need to share tonight, that you want to, that you just want to make solid, that you just want to maybe pour into. Say, this is what I saw the Lord do. Don't be shy. Come. Come, my men. Come, old man of God. Huh? Start. There it is right there. You know, it took me a couple of days because Bethany had asked me when we got back, you know, what did the Lord show you? And I really haven't said this with her yet because I've just been processing all of it. and um, Still been processing a good bit of it. But it just feels like this year has been a season of affirmation. And um, I just saw at Men's Retreat just the Lord affirming the church, but through the church just affirming me. And um, that sounds weird, but it's, I think, you know, good dads do. And um, I was telling Bethany that I remember the first time I heard the voice of the Lord I was, in, I was in elementary school, and I remember the clearest day I heard the voice of the Lord, and he gave me a scripture. And um, I went to the scripture, and I'd just come home from school, and I had my report card, and it was the first time ever I had straight A's. And it was in Matthew, and, and the scripture was, you are, my, you are my son in whom I'm well pleased. And it was just like, I, I mean, I just remember, and then worshiping the Lord for a, a while. And that was just the first time I remember hearing the voice of the Lord. And that's what it felt like. This, that's what this year has felt like. I was telling Pastor Alex the other day, I feel like I've heard the voice of the Lord more this year than I ever have. I pray in the Spirit more than I've ever have this year. Um, and through that, there's just the gifts have been evident. And it's like I'm not pursuing anything besides just Him. And, it, and I think... Um, I remember Pastor Alex said this years ago, and there was something that was said about being in a dry desert place, and this was kind of a trendy thing at that time in the church. And I remember Pastor Alex just saying, man, when you're really pursuing the Lord, there's not really a dry place. There might be things where they're hard. There might be a, a struggle, a wrestle. When you're really pursuing the Lord, you can hear from Him. And when you don't hear, it's usually when we're out of position. And so it just feels like... and. Um, with correction of just getting in position to hear from the Lord. And um, I really just feel affirmed. We went to Bethel this year, and that was affirming. I had Don Potter in this summer. That was affirming. There, there was just a lot the Lord has done this year of just affirming and say, this is the way walk in it. No, no longer having to compare. Because um, I think for years I dealt with comparison of going, well, I need to be Chris Tomlin, or I need to sound like this, or these guys are writing this, or this, that, and the other. And I just, the Lord really this year has just said, get your eyes off that and put your eyes on me, and I'm going to establish you. And, um, you know, just, just come into that place of you're not, you're not just, you can duplicate well, but I've created you to be a creator and because you were made in my image. And so just learning how, just being affirmed in that of, I am creative because I was made in my father's image. 
good. That's good. Next. Next. Yes. Yes, come. Hi. <laughs> um, I've really wrestled with a lot of stuff over the past couple of years and um, not really seeking the Lord. Um, in the past couple of years, really just started going back to church. Uh, I had walked away from it for quite a while. Um, and then I had people like Michael Wallace come push me around and uh, <laughs> hold me accountable and all that. And, uh, you know, while we were up there, like just the, the message that, that Brandon brought, it was, it's like, man, this whole time I keep, God, where are you? You know, hard stuff happens. Where are you? And uh, it's like, uh, like what Tony was talking about, you know, we're, we're in the yoke, you know, and it's like, okay. Don't blow his message. He's going to preach that. I'm going to let oh, him preach okay. it. So, well, I'll just, <laughs> I'm, try, I'm doing everything in my power to keep it in here, but we're going to let him preach it. Yeah. But so, yeah, go ahead. So it's like being in a yoke. Um, so I won't tell you all the whole thing. I don't want to ruin it. But basically there's, you know, you've got two oxen and they walk in a yoke and that's how they work together. And so it's like, I can't see the Lord because I'm so concerned with what's going on over here that all I got to do is look right here. And he's right there. He's right there. And I don't want to let go. I don't want to look away. And there's just, there's always been something inside of me that's, you're not good enough and you're not, you're not strong enough. You can't handle that. Quit. Quit because it's, it's always, it's what you've always done. You've walked away from everything that you've ever tried because it got all hard. I'm tired. Amen. That's good right there, bro. Come on. We had a tongue. We've only had it twice since I've been here in seven years. We had... So, uh, Stephen Vulo said, came to me and said, you know, I think I've got a message in tongues and somebody's going to need an interpreter. Well, I just want you to know, it really matters to me who's going to come up and say that because not everybody's going to get the mic. i just tell you that right now. But because I know the character and nature of who he is and how he processes things, I, I let him, uh, you know, I said, sure. And so he brings... He brings a message in tongues, and then, and then we had a Baptist interpret it. <laughs> say, somebody say hallelujah. It was amazing. It was awesome. It, you know, a guy from that kind of traditional background, seriously. It was beautiful. He did it, yeah, he did it in first person. It, it lined up with the, with the word that Liz gave. Four years ago, but this is what I want you to hear, the part that it was, we, we had a couple, there was two different ones that, who brought, you know, something forward on it. I think there was more, you know, there's, there's so much to learn about that, but anyhow, don't want to get into all that, but here, here was the thing that the Lord said, I'm pleased with the way that you're allowing your older men and older women to mentor your younger men and your younger women. This is my way. 
I see you and I'm pleased. I love that about you guys. It's amazing. I mean, we've got, I mean, we've got this section. And then we've got that section. No. <laughs> no. I mean, we, you know, it's amazing. Lord's pleased. I, I, I thought that was fantastic. Huh? All right, I'm waiting on somebody to come up. Ah, I like. I like these shy ones when they come up. I'm, that's the good ones. Yes. Uh, so I had kind of two separate things that came up for me. Uh, one was correction, and the other one was uh, affirmation. Uh, the correction was uh, when we were asked to find somebody and to name two things that were Antichrist thoughts. And I got paired up with Mac. And uh, his first need and my first need were very much so tied together. Uh, he's been struggling with feeling like God's just not going to hear, heal his hearing. And I've been struggling with feeling like my prayers for healing don't, they don't count for anything. Yeah, I can see this group of people over here praying and say, I'm really expecting God to do something. But then when it comes to when I'm praying, I don't have that same expectation. So for me, who has a lack of expectation for my prayers to heal something, to be paired up with somebody who prayers for his healing doesn't have an expectation was just kind of confirmation of nah gotta get past that uh, and I've been praying more for healing since the men's retreat than I think I've prayed in a very very long time that's great man um, and the affirmation side of it um, those of you who don't know I work in healthcare see a lot of crazy stuff lots of uh, lots of tragedy lots of heartbreak um, a few months ago it was over the course of the summer I was uh, giving my girls a bath and felt a lump on the back of Lexi's neck, right below her skull. Uh, my heart literally skipped a beat, and uh, panic set in. And fear gripped me like I've never been afraid before. Uh, and it was something where, like, I would I'd pray for healing, I'd believe, and things would be good, and then be just, like, out of nowhere, smack me from the side like a Mack truck. That fear would just grip, and I'd just be terrified. And uh, I remember a few weeks in, it was probably like two weeks of this, I was driving home, and uh, on my route home, there's actually a, uh, a monument place that makes headstones. And as I'm driving past, I don't know if I'd call it a, a vision or um, a mental picture, but Alexis was on one of them. And I ended up just getting pissed off. People probably thought that I was some kind of crazy person over here in my car just ranting and yelling, but I just, I was like, devil, no. I'm done with this. You can't touch my daughter. I'm not going to bow and be gripped by this fear any longer. I'm done. And when, the, when Ron was talking about the warrior's heart, that was that confirmation of that's what that was. And ever since that day, that same fear just hasn't existed. So. Amen. I'm looking at you, Eric. Thank you. 
Well, this for me was my first uh, tri trip with the men. I just, you know, I knew after hearing last year from um, Pastor Alex and a couple of other guys, you know, how awesome it was and throwing it in my face and everything. I said, I got to go next time. I got to go next time. <laughs> but for me, you know, one of the biggest struggles that I've had is a trust with people and hurt and forgiveness. And I knew when Brandon and I were paired up together that that was God doing something. And, and guys, if you ever had Brandon pray for you, it's not going to be for 10 or 15 seconds. Like <laughs> so, so, so they missed the dancing is what yeah, he's saying. That's it, that's it. So, <laughs> they were on their face while the dancing was going on. Exactly. But it was awesome <laughs> to experience that with the guys. And, you know, I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world. But really what stayed with me was um, a comment by one of the guys prior to us going that didn't make the trip but I wholeheartedly understood because I've been there before. And guys, I'm telling you, we need to make sure we're conscientious and recognizing people in our church that are struggling, that don't feel adequate enough. And the comment that he made to me was that he couldn't make the trip because he just didn't feel like he could go with all these men that had it all together. So in saying that, you know, that, that hurt me, you know, deeply, and I understood that. But you know, for me, it was really something that I knew God needed me to be there. And what was awesome, too, my son Evan, my oldest, went with me. And that was, you know, gosh, can't tell you how that was. But um, in short, I'm just going to tell you that God's been laying on my heart for the last couple of years about faith and trusting him. That's what finances, with tithing, with everything, getting better in all those aspects of my life. But I still want to be where God wants me to be because I feel like I'm keeping things at a ceiling level because still not where God truly wants me to be in trusting him. And I heard a guy once say this once before, and it's the, I don't think I could ever put it any better than this. He said, we can see God when we look behind, but looking forward, it's as if he, he hides because he wants us to walk by faith and not by sight. So that's one thing I want to make sure I do is trust God in every aspect of my life and trust and believe in him and just know that he's trying to do things in my life but it's to glorify him. As long as I keep him first and foremost in my life, then he can do what he needs to do in my life. So. Amen. Amen. That's great, man. This is something else I want to do. We've got about 15 more minutes. And I'm going to include the ladies in this, okay? You know, the thing that I, the reason I read Gideon is because God, he was, he was a man that was in fear. He's covered up. He identified with fear. God knew he identified with fear. There's another place if you'll read on where it says, if you're if you're worried about, you know, if you're if you're still scared, Gideon, go down there into the enemy's camp and listen to what they're saying about you. And so even after he had met with the Lord, even after he had had conversation, even after he had made a sacrifice, even after he put the fleece. He's got fear. And God pairs him down from 30,000 men to 300, you know, to go do the battle and called him a mighty man of valor. Changed his name. The reason I even brought that up and the reason that I wanted to tie it in with what Brandon talked on Sunday about was this. There's a way that you identify yourself. It is contrary to the ways of God. And he's got a new name. And I want you to declare, I want you to identify how you see yourself is contrary to the Lord. And I want you to, I want you to 
rebuke it. I want you to identify it. I want you to rebuke it. And I want you to proclaim your new name as a son or daughter of God. Does that make sense? That was a trip? Yeah, it was, uh, that was a trip for me. I would just say Thursday morning I got up kind of like, okay, Lord, it's Thursday morning, and I was kind of waiting for everybody to get together, and I was like, okay, well, I started reading Isaiah, and the first chapter of Isaiah is just on repentance. And I was like, Lord, what do you want me, you know, what do you want me to get out of this weekend? What do you want to do? And it was just like, I mean, Isaiah 1 just, I was repent, 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 repent. I mean, here's the thing, you know, right on what you're saying is those kinds of thoughts just aren't self-loathing. Like, it's not just, poor me, I'm never going to amount to nothing. I can't pray those prayers. Those kinds of thoughts are sin. Why? Because they're contrary to what God says. And anything contrary to what God says is sin. So I was like, you know, Lord, what, what do you need me to repent of? Because, I, I mean, I've dealt with this, this, and this, and this. And that. I, you know, I think that's gone. He's like, you're just still not thinking right. And anything, any thought that crossed my mind, crosses my mind. You know, we, hear, we hear all the time about take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. It's like, oh, well, that's a real struggle. That's a real struggle. When you don't do that, you're sinning. That's right. Talk about the Antichrist thing. Are you getting there? Yeah, I can. Yeah. Good, good. <clears throat> There's a place in Revelations, and I, and I, or Revelation, I won't, get in, I won't get into all the theology behind that because, frankly, I don't know. I just know Jesus is coming back, right? <laughs> and I want to be ready. Uh, but it talks about the Antichrist establishing himself in the temple. And then somewhere else in 1 John, it talks about, don't you know the Antichrist is coming, and even so many Antichrists have come. And so there is an Antichrist, but there's also Antichrist thoughts, and there's an Antichrist that's going to establish itself in the temple. And First or Second Corinthians says, don't you know? You're the temple of God. And so that that was kind of what I talked about on Friday morning, I guess, was, you know, in light of this repentance and everything that that, you know, I called it sin, but but it's but it's but it's an anti-Christ thought. If Christ says, You're more than a conqueror, Robert, and I say, I'm defeated. That's antichrist. If Christ says you can do all things through me who strengthens you, and I say, I can't do that. That's Antichrist. The Lord's wore me out and is wearing me out on that. You know, just just this idea. You know, we have free will. But to walk in God's best, you were talking about for the lead. I don't have the option of not thinking like Jesus. If I want to look like a son of God, and I want to move like a child of God, and I said this morning, nowhere in Scripture am I ever referred to as an adult of God. Right? So I'm always growing. You know, Eric, whoever that was is believing a lie because I don't have it all together. 
Sometimes I look like, have I got anything together? And the Lord says, Antichrist thought. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm learning to repent from that, you know, and, and, we, and we talked a little bit about, you know, about what that looks like, you know, with ourselves and what also that looks like with somebody else, you know, and that, that was where I got to see. I'll just, t- I'll just make these couple of thoughts. I, I made this comment. We were talking about our families. We were talking about marriages. We were talking about that. And I said, you know, if you say my husband or my wife, they're never going to change. You don't believe in a God of impossibilities. You don't believe in a God of redemption. You don't believe a God that can do all things. You are believing the Antichrist. There's no faith in that statement. And, and here's what's interesting. After, you know, after I had kind of shared that uh, idea, and I think this dovetails it all together, uh, I, had a, I had a guy approach me, and he said, uh, and I had taken a shower and changed clothes since, since I had said anything. And so, you know, you look different with a hat on, without a hat on, you know, with a jacket on, without it. He said, are you the guy that was just talking about your marriage? And I said, yeah. I said, I, I mentioned it. And he said, would you, if it's not too personal, would you mind sharing some of that story? And so I did. And we just kind of sat there. I never met the guy before in my life. He's not from Eastside. And I don't know, we probably sat there for 15, 20 minutes and just, and just shared and he said, yeah, me too, man. And, you know, this, this, and he was just in this hopeless place. My wife and I are separating and we're contemplating. It's just a real broken place. And so I prayed with him, and I said, don't you ever give up. Don't you ever give up on your family. Don't you ever give up on God. What do you, I said, what do you want? You know, I want, I want it to be right. Well, then don't, don't let go. There's Brandon. Don't, you know, don't let go and, until, until you see that fight. Be a warrior. Fight. And um, that night you started, we started worshiping and there were some things that, you know, just kind of, you know, I'm going to be more undignified for the Lord. You remember singing that and you started singing. I don't know. I can't sing. Bye-bye pride. Bye-bye pride. And, and that's exactly right. I forgot all yeah, about that. And five minutes later, this guy who, I mean, I looked across the way, and he's up there, <laughs> you know, <laughs> dancing like nuts. And I'm just like, praise the Lord. This guy's over here dancing, on, literally dancing on his disappointments. Why? Because that antichrist way of thinking is broken, is gone. Worship is warfare. I mean, it's like bam, 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 bam. Everything dovetailed together. Think like a child of God, talk like a child of God, expect like a child of God, move like a child of God, and watch your father take care of his children. Yeah. Yes? What is it you're believing that's a lie about yourself? What are you saying over yourself? Boy, that's the truth. It really is. For years, the Lord has led me to preach and teach this idea of the finality of the cross, that we are loved, our sins are forgiven, and people look at me like a deer caught in the headlights, you know, just like, really? Well, I understand. It took me a while to catch it, too. We're loved. I mean, Alex beats this horse to death, and I hope it's clicking. I hope it's sinking in, because you keep saying the same thing. It's like, make fly. And I hope it's getting through to us that we are loved. And it's not a conditional love. 
If it was a conditional love, it wouldn't be love, would it? I mean, probably not. Uh, guys, let me speak to you for just a second, if I may, and, and ladies, it applies to you, those who are married. And Alex is talking, uh, I mean, uh, Robert is talking about a gentleman talking about his wife or his, his marriage breaking up. Guys, if you want a new relationship with your wife, serve her. Now, that's not really a radical thing to say. It's a Ephesians chapter 5 thing. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, verse 21. Verse 22 says, guys, we're supposed to love our wives. How? As Jesus loves the church. What did Jesus do for the church? He died for the church. Gentlemen, this became real in my marriage, our marriage, in January of 2011. When God woke me up one day, or I just woke up, and he began to speak to me, whichever, I'm not sure which it was. But he said, you're not serving Julie like you need to. Boom. What does that mean, Lord? Well, talk to Julie and find out what that means. That was a good place to start. And I think she will tell you some things changed then, and hopefully they're still changed. I hope they are. Last time when we came to the retreat, I was seeking after the Lord. Julie was seeking after the Lord for all that the Holy Spirit had for us, you know, born Baptist, Southern Baptist. I'm sorry. I've repented over that. Uh, <laughs> and so the focus was more on me, you know, and I can remember asking the guys to pray for me one night there in the, in the barn, and it's like 172 people started running at me. It's like, oh! Not really 172. It was a little bit less than that, but I thought they were going to tackle me. There were people touching my feet. I mean, we, they were throwing down on some prayer. And later, a few months later, it happened. The Lord gave me the gift, and my tongue and my brain went in two different directions. And, uh, but now I'm seeking after the Holy Spirit like I never have in my life. And this trip, this retreat helped me with that, that I can seek after the Holy Spirit, that I can pray to the Holy Spirit. Michael got us a copy of the Sozo book, and I've read that. I'm just about to finish another Bill Johnson's book, and all of a sudden I can't think of the name of it. But anyway, I'm learning. I'm learning to pray the Holy Spirit over people. When God gives me an opportunity to pray at school, at work, or here with somebody, to ask the Holy Spirit to intervene, ask the Holy Spirit to bring healing, and so on and so forth. Now look, that's a lot of progress for a Southern Baptist, okay? Praise <laughs> the Lord. That's funny. <laughs> Say that one more time. Yes? No more lies. You hear me? Say that with me. No more lies. No more antichrist spirit. Out of my mouth. Let, let that be a place of repentance right now. Turn. Everybody heard? Let that be a place of repentance where you turn from that. You stop that. It's not acceptable anymore. It's not the comfort zone anymore. It's not the comfort place anymore. I'm not going to speak things that aren't true that God doesn't say about me. I'm going to quit it, and I'm going to wait and wrestle with God until he gives me everything that he says he is. 
Bethany is a female, and she wants to take this male meeting over. <laughs> well, there's some discussion up here whether we're singing on the shores again or not. I'm like, I have to say this, if we're gonna, especially if we're going to sing on the shores again, just so you know. Um, <clears throat> this is... This is a lie that I'm no longer believing about myself, but I felt like I should share it. This year has been uh, just a year of struggle with it. In February, Michael and I had this conversation, and it was more like me breaking down and crying and him looking at me like I'm crazy. Of like, Lord, do you really want me to be a worship leader? Because I don't, I don't really know. This is not something that I saw myself doing. Is this something that you actually want? And at first, I don't know if Michael was so sure of the answer. Um, and so that wasn't helpful, but, um, as the year has progressed, um, I just have felt more and more sure that I heard the Lord seven years ago when he spoke that to me. Um, but it was a year of battling insecurity. And, and at first I thought it was comparison, but really what I was finding out was that I just was believing so many lies about who I was, that I wasn't good enough, um, and that I wasn't going to be good enough and that I wasn't going to be able to to keep rhythm, and that I wasn't going to be able to hit pitch, and all these different things that I was just struggling with. And, and sometimes I would be victorious, and sometimes I wasn't. And, um, a few weeks ago, I realized that I hadn't struggled in, in a few weeks, maybe months, and I, I didn't really know when that, that struggle stopped. Um, but tonight, when Anna was singing on the shores, I just, I thought that was it. When I had to sing that song over and over again, and declare that this is my song of victory, and it became my song of victory. And so I was believing all of that, and now I'm not. And now I'm confident, and I know that this is a thing that the Lord's called me to. And um, I might not hit pitch every single time. I might not get the rhythm every single time. But I'm in progress to become better and to become what the Lord has created me to be and who he's created me to be. Um, and so I'm just thankful for that song, for the, the woman who wrote that song. So that could be my song of victory. And um I just want to continue to sing song, songs of victory so that other people can take the songs that, that the Lord's birthing in me and, and take them and they can become their song of victory. So. That's good. That's good. We ain't got time now. Take one minute. Uh-uh. Oh, no. Oh, no. That, that is funny right there. You don't want to miss this. No, I don't. You don't. I sure don't. Look, I got his mic, y'all. <laughs> I got his ear, I got his mic. <laughs> a satisfied soul yes. loathes the honeycomb. Yes. yes. But to a hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Oh, my goodness, Proverbs 27, 7. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Man, this is so good, y'all. Uh, determined in your heart. Man, I, ha I Nick, if y'all hadn't met Nick, it's a precious man of God back here running sound. Not only that, he's incredibly talented. But he was diagnosed with diabetes uh, Friday. And, you know, he's, he's struggling. He's struggling, first of all, that he's got diabetes. Second, he's struggling with himself because he allowed himself to get, you know, he didn't. He didn't do what he needed to do. But now he's doing what he needs to do. And I brought you guys up here Sunday, and I brought Stephen Vulo up here Sunday for a reason. 
because I'm challenged. Because God, God can, God can do those hard things. You know, when you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, God can do those hard things. So let's don't shrink back. Let's let's don't move backwards. Let's go get it. Let's charge. Amen. I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. Dr. Joe's got a book. He's promising it's going to be finished Monday. And it talks about, in that book, without giving it away, about walking in your healing. And Liz and I have been praying and have confessed to the Lord and repented that we haven't done a good job walking in healing. God was gracious and merciful on me and on Richard. But we haven't done a very good job. I haven't. Of what Richard has. Of walking in what God wants us to walk in. I don't encourage you to not give up. I'm not giving up. I'm fighting. I'm going to fight all the way to the end. Amen? Amen. I'm going to keep doing it. Amen? 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 You do the same. Don't believe a lie. Don't buy into the Antichrist. Jesus, I'm so thankful for this, this group of people for this church. Teach us, grow us. May we not be, may we not shrink back of spreading the good news. May we believe. You know, I want to say just with Chris, Mark 16, 18. Hear me, I said this Sunday, man, I meant it. I lay hands on the sick and they recovered. That's who I am. Why? Because he's the healer. I lay hands on the sick and they recover. I believe it. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to shrink back. I'm not going to quit fighting for people who need it. Amen. I'm going to with God and man and be victorious. Matt LaPointe's daddy's going to be with the Lord probably right now. He's in Florida and they're unplugging a machine on him. He had a massive heart attack on Sunday night, I think it was. And so, you know, he had just got back from Wyoming. He, He went to his brother's funeral. They got to leave worship in a motorcycle church. Yeah, they all had, they were all packing, right? What would you call it? What would you call What kind of church did you call it? The concealed, what would you call it? Concealed carry church or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny. But, you know, I know Matt is, is struggling. Father, we lift that family to you. We just ask you for peace. You say, you're the God of peace. Lord, I pray that they would come from a place of peace because they don't have to mourn like anybody else who doesn't have hope. And so that would bring peace, God. I thank you for that, God. Lord, may we be kingdom-minded. I thank you, God, for using us to bring your presence and your word and your truth to the world. We pray for our election. Father, we're not scared. We're not scared. 
You're in control. In Jesus' name. Bless it, I pray. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Eastside Church Podcast. If you have any questions or need more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.